In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. And now back to our conversation with Michelle Gray on developing a biblical worldview. I found that with, with men that I'm discipling, um, young men, older men, if you can get them looking at Scripture, diving into Scripture, Scripture does the work. Mm-hmm. Scripture does the change. I don't change. I haven't changed one person in my whole life. Yeah. I changed a baby one time, but it was just a diaper. Um, <laughs> but the Scripture does the changing. The Holy Spirit does the changing. My job as a disciple maker is to get them into, to direct them, to guide them, to lead them. And yes. I have never done what you're telling me to do, though, and I, I'm going to. I, I'm committing to that right now, that I'm going to have the men in my group, we've been together two years now, to sit down and write their worldview. And and so go back to let's go back to that as a framework for a okay. second because I bet uh, others are out there are thinking that they're going to do this too. Yeah. So one of the ways you one of the first steps you use to develop in this is answering the question for them who is God. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's was I right hearing yes. that? Yes. Right. That's the first one. First. And then the second uh, part of that that I want them to answer is who are we or who's man who's woman? Mm-hmm. And all this is going to come from scripture. Right. Right. Do you bait them? Do you lead them? Do you tell them what you think? Or do you literally just say, here's the question, here's the Bible, go? I just give them the questions. Okay. And um, and just start with who is God, who is man, and what is the relationship between the two? I love that. So it really does come down to relationship with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Is there more to it, or is that primarily um, the your... Well, you said, what is truth? What is truth? Is that a fourth one? That is a fourth one. Okay. And then I usually end with the fifth is, what is scripture and how does, I don't remember how exactly how I word it, but basically asking, is scripture true? Okay. Is it really the word of God? All right. So I think I've heard it asked before, is, is the Bible reliable? Yes. That's good. Uh, true. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you could probably ask that about 30 different ways. Absolutely. Uh, so just... Tell everybody out there, just pick the way you pick like. Pick the way you like it. And from this, um, your people that you're discipling are going to be able to develop it. Now, my guess is, since you've done this so many times, that your worldview has changed a little bit. It has. Am I imposing that on you? No. It really it really has. And only because the first time I did it, I was really just trying to get it done, because I didn't really know what the heck I was doing, and it was a check the box, <laughs> because you have to do this in order to be able to get this job. And I was like, okay. And then the second time, I was like, okay, but what is this really, what am I really saying here? And so let's dig a little deeper. Let's see if I can find some more scripture to back up what I said the first time. Because what I said the first time, I still liked. I just don't maybe only have one Bible verse to back it up. And then I'm in a room with a whole bunch of people who, you know, they've got an arm length long of scripture (laughs) that supports every point they made. And I'm like, oh, I want to be like that. Okay. So I'll dig a little harder. And then, and so every time I've done it, it's just been a little more, a little more well-rounded. Okay. Yes. Add stuff to it. Take stuff out. I don't really like the way I, I said that the first time. Let's change this um, kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it, does it feel like it's become more of who you are? You're yes. Not something that was written for a class. But. Right. And it's I don't have to think about it as much hmm. anymore because I've thought about it so much. It, now it's sort of just in my head, and this is the way I try to operate from what I say I believe. Because the biggest thing for me is working with women and with students 
is what I say needs to match what I do. Wow. That's integrity. But without that, we're nothing. We're just hypocrites. And yeah, that just makes us look bad. <laughs> well, and I think uh, what I say needs to match what I do, all of that begins with what I think. Yes. And that's where I think, <laughs> I keep using the word think, <laughs> that we've skipped is we've taught people what to think, but not how to think. Right. And in the church, you know, the pastors are the worst. We tell people, this is what the Bible says, this is how you ought to look at this, versus teaching them how to go do that go out do for it. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a place for that. We need pastors to say, this is what it says, and I have more knowledge at this point, you know, more training anyway, more school um, than, the, than the regular layperson in the congregation. But then we also have to dig into, all right, well, how do I think, and how does that work with how I feel? Because that's been a really big thing for me with the worldview has been being able to sort of take captive my emotions and be able to say, okay, I feel like this is wrong or I feel like this is right, but biblically, God's telling me something different. Yeah. And so just because I feel it doesn't necessarily make it true. Wow, that's probably a big, big, big challenge or issue for a lot of people, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Led by their feelings? Yeah. Only to wake up with regrets? Yeah. Or to look back on life and go, wow, that I was really led astray by mm-hmm. my feelings, huh? And I mean, especially like with teenagers, the whole idea of, you know, but I feel like my parents should do this for me, or I feel like this teacher's being mad or being mean to me. And instead of the stepping back from it and looking at it and going, no, teacher's really just treating me like they're treating every other person in this class. I just want more Hmm. than what I'm getting. Um, Or I'm not doing the work and I would prefer not to have to you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And just, you know, that kind of, I want to go to the party on Saturday night, but I know that I have to get this homework done. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Are you going to do what your head tells you you have to get the homework done? Or are you going to go to the party? Wow. And, you know, that's that's tough. That is. Well, it's, it's where real life, uh-huh. uh, it's where we, we live, isn't it? It is. And I don't think that, honestly, I don't see a lot of change from teenagers to adults. I don't. When it comes to being led by our feelings, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I feel like God loves me on Sunday, and then on Monday, I feel like God doesn't love me. Right. But the reality is, is God's love hasn't changed. No. My feelings change. (laughs) Your feelings change. So which one's true? Right, right. Right. And so being able to hold on to that, I know God loves me, and I know it whether I feel it or not, I still know it. Mm -hmm. And there's so much comfort in that. Mm -hmm. And so... But I think we have to train ourselves to be able to hold on to that that thought and that the logic of it rather than the feeling of it and the emotion. Yeah, and so what I'm hearing you say is is developing your biblical worldview mm-hmm. is in some way gives you the strength to weather through the feelings of high emotion or low emotion to live the life that you need to live, that you desire to live because of the long-term goal, not just the short-term goal. Yes, and I mean, it's, you know, it's hard. There are days definitely when we're all ruled by our emotions and our um, and our feelings. But when you do this kind of work, you've put it into your head, into your heart. So you've dug into all that scripture. So it's there. I mean, I just feel like God brings it back for us. Yeah. And he, he may let you hang out in that, I don't really feel like this is a great place for me right this minute, for a little while. And then he's going to throw that verse or some of those verses or that thought you had when you were writing it back into your head and you're going to go, oh, yeah, wait a second. Or somebody's <laughs> going to say it to you. There's a random person's going to walk up to you and say, 
you know, God really loves you. And I know this place that you're in right now is really hard and you don't like it, but God loves you and he still got you. Mm. And, and that could be enough, just that yeah. to turn it to, so that you can go, okay, I can still, hold, I can hold on a little longer. Cause I'm, I know this is true. It doesn't feel like it right now, but I know it's true. Yeah, I, I think about a lot of the Psalms. You know, it sounds you know, the psalmist kind of about to jump off the cliff yes. and then talks himself into you know the faithfulness of God or something. And and I, I some of us deal with that um, over a year. Some of us deal with that multiple times a day. Absolutely. It is depending on how emotionally steady we are, mm-hmm. right? Some of us are highly emotional people. Some of us are. And lower emotional. And God created us that way, right? I mean, yeah. he knew it's some of fault. us are just going to be, it's totally God's fault. <laughs> some of us are going to be more anxious. Some of us are going to be more worried about things. And, you know, Jesus spoke to that because he knew that some of us were going to be in that place. Others will be a little more steady and a little more reserved, maybe a little more calm. Um, but we have to have both. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if all we have are the really steady, calm people – Life would be kind of boring. Yeah, it would. You know, we got to have our creative, like, hanging from the ceiling kind of people, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and what's fun to me is when a couple, you know, sometimes you'll meet a couple, and one of them is very emotionally steady, you know, very placid, Mm -hmm. and they make great air traffic controllers or 911 operators. And the other partner, uh, it could be the male or female, it doesn't matter, is, you know, every day is either the worst day or best day, and you never know when they're coming in. Are they going to be on the top of the mountain or in the bottom (laughs) of the the valley? valley. And, you know, they really need the other one to be that emotional with them, and they they can't. It's not that they're not. They can't. And, you know, there comes discord there. But, yeah. And sometimes we project that on God, don't we? We do. Like, God, I need you to fix this now. Yes. Because my emotions are high, and God says, no, I'm thinking more about your 20, 20 years from now than I am 20 minutes from now. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and I need something you're doing right now because I'm going to need it later. So I need you to keep working through this right now because later yeah. there's something else coming that you can't see. Well, and the biblical worldview, I think, helps us focus on the eternal, not just the temporal. Yes. And it and, takes our focus off of us and puts it back on God. Oh, wow. I like that. Because if you continue to answer the question, who is God, then you're not worried about you. Yeah, that comes next. Yeah. yeah. But that's the first one. But first is who is God. I love that you start with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. There's an old analogy. I think Bill Bright came up with it, and we've used it in in many of our discipling uh, tools. You've you've seen it, of course. It's making me think of, and it's that old train analogy. Yes. And um, does that uh, you don't have? I didn't ask you to prepare for that. I know, but do you have any on the top of your head? Do you remember that? Oh, I do, and we use it all the you time. You do? Yes. Why don't you tell everybody uh, kind of about that? So the train, and you'll have to help me here because um, yeah, we always talk about the. Um, what's leading what in a train yeah, the engine's the always the thing that's leading right it's pulling everything else right and that should be fact should be pulling yeah um, but a lot of times we put the caboose which is your feelings <laughs> at the in the front yeah. <laughs> and we try and get the caboose to um <laughs> to to push right and so um and so then faith is typically stays in the middle which is really good that uh-huh. our faith is there it's just what's going to pull that train? Are we operating out of our feelings or are we operating out of the facts in our faith that we know that those facts are true? And um, I think as women especially, a lot of times you need somebody in your life who can say, where are you coming from? What's driving the train right now? So it really helps when we, we always start, our my groups always start with that particular analogy in that oh, um, no. Bill Bright book, The um, Five Steps to Christian Growth or something. And... Uh, then we from there we use it for the next three years on what's driving the train right wow. now. Wow, 
That's so helpful to guys, too. Is um, it? <laughs> it is, because the fact is what is in the lead. Mm-hmm. What's true? Uh, the faith, you know, is that coal car in the middle. Yeah. The, the train only has three cars, right. right? The engine, fact. The coal car in the middle is faith, and that's what fuels that mm-hmm. fact. Um, and we put our faith in the facts, in the truth that we have. And then our feelings are going to just tag along. Yeah. They're going to be high. They're going to be low. They're just there. But when I see a guy, uh, and you, or you see a woman who's who's letting feelings lead, it means they're going backwards. Right. Uh, it's not. They're not going forward. And um, th- and it's really hard to talk yourself out. You need someone else to help you yeah. talk yourself out of being led by your feelings. Absolutely. Because feelings are so deceptive. They are, and that's why I love the analogy because it's it's we can do it lightheartedly, and we don't have to be yeah. like accusatory or anything. You can just ask the question. Yeah. What's pulling your train right now? And and they all know, oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Um, I don't know right now. And I've had women tell me, I, I think it's fact, but maybe not, because I seem like I'm going in a circle, and this isn't where I need to be. Okay, well, let's dig into that. Yeah. Let's see. I like to use the tangible example of the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that you are wearing that wedding ring, which shows you reminds yeah. you every day that you're married, you're committed to one person. And just because you travel out of town or it's a girl's night out or you're on, you know, halfway across the world and you don't feel married. You're still married. Doesn't change the fact that yes. you are married and committed, right? Right. And that ring. And so the fact, if you're led by your feelings, you're going to make huge mistakes. Absolutely. But if you're led by the facts, you're not going to make those mistakes, right. regardless of how you feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, it would ruin half the romantic comedies in the world. It uh, would. To, <laughs> this analogy does not work with romantic comedies, I know. But um, but this this concept, I think, is is our biblical worldview. And we're, our worldview is those facts. Mm-hmm. And not just how I feel about those facts. What is truth and how can I? You know, Pilate asked that question, didn't he? Yeah. To Jesus. What is truth? And we're still asking the same questions. We're still question. asking the same questions. Yeah. And, and I think... You know, God knows we're going to wrestle with these questions. Um, my husband and I are both very, very science-oriented. And so what we have discovered is the more we learn about science, the more we learn about God and about who He is and the order and the creation of His world. And it just the layers are just huge and beyond our ability to even fathom. And so this question I don't know can ever really completely be answered. We just have to keep digging. Yeah. And and trusting when we get to a point where we're comfortable at it, at the answer we have, then using that as our fact. And mm-hmm. then at some point, God's going to put sort of a kind of a nudge at us. That, oh, that doesn't fit exactly in mm-hmm. what I thought. So now I have to dig a little harder. Um, so leaders are still growing. Absolutely. Your worldview, it sounds like it's still evolving. Mm-hmm. Your biblical worldview, you're, you're discovering scripture yeah. and insight and theology that is it's it's just not concrete, is it? Right. No. Yeah. It's a growing. It's a growing. Theology. And I think I'd be a terrible leader if I wasn't still growing. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, even as a teacher, when I was teaching in in middle school and public school, I was always going to conferences and and you know learning more things. How? What's another way I could explain this concept to my to my students? Like always trying to learn more, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what makes you a good facilitator, a good leader, just a good person. Because I mean, we never stop learning until we're dead. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Wow, you know, this wow, I we should have you back because oh, this so uh this conversation 
is is much deeper than uh, any of us realize, um, especially when you start encouraging your groups to go there mm-hmm. and answer these questions. Who is God? Who is man or who am I? What is this relationship that I have with with God? What is truth and what is scripture? Is it is the Bible reliable? Can I trust it? Right. Um, I personally am going to swing out into eternity on it. Yes. Um, I tell people you can swing out into eternity on whatever whatever you feel. <laughs> yeah. I'm swinging out on the scriptures regardless of what I feel because I believe it to be truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will continue to uh, disciple the men in my group that way. Um, and uh, it's just when I align my life with scripture, my life changes. Scripture doesn't. And uh, I just really appreciate you so much. Uh, not only you. what you're doing with women, but what you're doing with young women. Because every one of those girls in your group are going to be a mom one day, I or a know. wife, or a, a business leader, an influencer of some kind. And here you are getting to mold them through these very moldable years. Yeah. I get to be in the trenches with them. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michelle, so much. Thank and you. Um, what would you say is kind of a parting word to, let's just say there's a woman out there who is uh, leading a group, and maybe she's in her second year of leadership. Um, we always talk about who, the person wanting to, you know, that should be starting a group. But let's talk about the person in the sophomore slump. Yeah. Uh, because what we know about these covenant groups, these discipleship groups, is if you're in it for three years, the first year is really exciting. The second year feels a little more like the sophomore slump. And then the third year, everybody's excited again because this is our final year and we're about to go launch and multiply. What would you say to that woman right now who's got a group, say, tomorrow night and... <laughs> she's overwhelmed with life, with to-dos, with her own emotions, and yet she's got these five women going to be in her home looking to her for leadership. What would you say to her? I think I would say, because I've certainly experienced that sophomore two-year slump thing, um, and it's it's hard to push through sometimes, but just to push through it, to keep being who you are, to be honest about, I'm tired and there's a lot going on. So even if you don't have something planned, you can always just say, let's dig into something in scripture that, you know, let's talk about being tired. Let's talk about being overwhelmed. Let's talk about what are the things that, can you guys help me figure out somewhere I could get something off my plate to make this better? Because I want to be here for you. Um, I think the biggest thing of being a discipleship leader, maker kind of person is just being real. It's just being open and honest. I tell my the ladies that I work with in the student ministry who have other groups, they're like, I have one in particular, she said, I just don't see that I'm seeing any fruit. And I said, I know. I said, because I have been where you are, <laughs> and you feel like you are showing up every week, and there's n- and the girls don't even care. Mm-hmm. But they do care. That's why they're showing up. And they continue to come sometimes because their parents make them, but Mm -hmm. they're here. And at the end of the day, when you hit, when they get to their high school years and these seniors that I have now, there were definitely weeks that we, my co-leader and I thought the group was just going to fall apart. Mm. And we have eight girls in our group still hanging with us and they're amazing young women. So it's just, I hate to think about what I would have missed if I had stopped, if we had just said, you know what, they're not coming, we're done. Um, and, but we didn't, we just kept pushing through. We were like, even if we have one, we're still going to go. And I think that's the same thing with our covenant groups. We just yeah. have to keep pushing because God will show fruit. Yeah. 
The fruit's up to him. It's up Time to him. Time goes up to him. Yeah. yeah. I just have to be faithful to what he called me to do. And he called me to be with these women three or four years to give them everything I can possibly give them and then let them go because he's going to do the rest. Yeah. And I, I think, too, is to give them even more than you've got. Exactly. Because in the next two to three years, you're going to be a different person, too. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know things in two to three years that you can give them that you don't know now. Exactly. So I just, I encourage you out there, if you feel like, well, I don't know it all, good. None (laughs) None none of us do. do. But as you get into this, in the next year, the second year, the third year, you're going to know more than you know now, and you'll give that away. Absolutely. So don't feel like you got to have the end of the third year in your mind complete, all settled and and ironed out before you even begin, or you will never, ever begin. No. Because you know what? You're going to miss something. There's yeah. going to be something that one of them's going to need that you're not going to do, and that's okay, because somebody else will, God has somebody else to put in their lives to help with that, or to come back around and say, hey, you know, we really should have talked about this. Can we just, can we meet for coffee, and I need to talk about this? Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and let's take this thing, as we land the plane here, let's take it full circle, mm-hmm. back to this this fact, this faith, and then this feeling. The fact is, indisputable, that Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't for a certain select group of skilled <laughs> individuals. That was for everybody who is going to call themselves a follower of Jesus. Yes. To make other followers of to Jesus. To make more. That's the fact. We have that. Yeah. The faith is, is that you and I can impart into them with all of our imperfections what we know about living for Jesus. That's the f- that's the faith, and that He is going to do the work, right? Four nineteen. Exactly. What we love about yeah. it is, is, He says, "I will make you." He's the one doing the making, right? And then the feelings are going to ebb and flow. Some weeks you're going to be so excited about your group coming. Some weeks you're going to be exhausted and wanting to call everybody in the last ten minutes and cancel the group because you feel like you got nothing. Yep, especially at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but what I know. Is that typically by the end of that group, if you if you're feeling like I don't have anything tonight, what do I? And then by the end, God shows up, speaks through somebody, and your feeling has changed. Mm-hmm. Maybe even in an hour and a half. Exactly. And wow, that's just it's so exciting to watch. It, yeah, and 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 it is our biblical worldview is such that here's the, the fact is I committed to be a leader, mm-hmm. and I'm going to lead. And I'm going to lead. Yeah. And there's my phone. <laughs> it's funny. See, it even happens during it even a podcast. During podcast, right. yes. <laughs> well, um, I feel really guilty because I think last time I was preaching, the phone went off, and I looked kind of mean at the person when it went off. And now, uh, now, <laughs> go ahead and look mean at me. Even I'm not going to look you. mean hey, at that you. That was a pretty mean look. Thanks yeah, for thinking right. that. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Um, uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you're you're being led by the facts. And the fact is that you're a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. God has imparted his life into you. You have a mission to share that with the world, and you're doing it. And I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you. And uh, I hope all you listeners out there uh, have enjoyed this these sessions with Michelle. And um, you can go to, uh, uh, here on the podcast, you, you can find uh, other resources on our website, uh, the 419 website, that will help you. In discipling others, whether you're listening in the United States, around the world, we just want to say God bless you, and um, don't be led by your feelings. You'll be going backwards. <laughs> Go be led forward. by the facts, and the fact is, is that 
you are a child of God, and God has a purpose, and you are on a mission, and it is all going to His glory. And so we just give Him praise today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.